Aha! Something is happening with Bitcoin. You're going to understand what I'm talking about. You're going to like this. I should probably say good morning as well before I go off on my tirade, my rant, my tangent. <laughs> All of you out there, I, I appreciate you taking the time to give me a listen. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 If you don't agree with what I got to say or if you want to talk about what I got to say, I would love to hear from you. That's a talk radio, talk radio. That's what I like. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 71307. Somebody on the text line said, I, I'm doing a bunch of big talk, but the first time they come in at me, I would fold like a fold like a cheap suit. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's that's happening. I, I, you know, I always love it when a non-combatant is willing to say something to somebody that is not of that mindset because they think they know and they don't know. They don't take the time to know. And before I get on the Bitcoin, everybody who doesn't know, if you want to know, you should take the time and uh, seek out a veteran. Next week, I'm going to be at Upstate Warrior Solutions. That's a big veteran outfit. They do outreach for veterans because the veterans have largely been forgotten by the, by the, by the country that they served, at least the governmental portion of it. So what you have now is you got veterans looking after veterans because that's what we did when we were not veterans, when we were active. You need to go seek out a veteran to find out what the real deal would be like. Because you cannot, there's, there's capability and there's capacity. Capacity means what are you willing to do? Now, all of these guys that get out there and say, oh, you, you, you just, you just, this is, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you don't understand capacity. Capacity is the problem. The World Economic For Foundation knows that. They know it, too. Economic Forum, rather. And uh, let's talk about that. Right now, something interesting is happening with Bitcoin. What started as a series of perplexing data inscriptions containing classified files from the U.S. government has now been confirmed by Bitcoin Magazine. And as it's an ongoing effort to cement information in the public record beyond the reach of government censorship. The reason for Bitcoin is so that you can have your money unfettered by the government. So an anonymous guardian of free speech has begun using Bitcoin to republish all of the information originally published by Julian Assange's, I just like saying his name, Julian Assange, uh, WikiLeaks back in 2010. Codename Project Spartacus. And they're going to take advantage of several inherent Bitcoin attributes. Number one, it's going to use the, the Bitcoin Ordinals protocol that allows users to add personalized data to units of the cryptocurrency's blockchain. Number two, because data within integrated parts of the blockchain cannot be subsequently removed, it forms a part of the cryptocurrency's permanent record. Number three, because the blockchain of transactions operates on a decentralized global network of sovereign nodes, there is no tech CEO or other middleman who can intervene to do government censorship bidding. So basically, it's something they're throwing out there that just becomes invulnerable to government manipulation. Decentralized blockchain technology. That's actually more about much more than cryptocurrency. It is a very powerful tool that will allow you to evade government authority. 
Isn't that groovy? I just find that splendid. I haven't done anything with Bitcoin yet. I probably can't afford to. I'll probably have to buy a small percentage of Bitcoin. But then I'll be invulnerable. And Project Spartacus is just the beginning. Imagine a new Facebook built from decentralized blockchains of information, which cannot be manipulated. What do you say? What do you say? Uh, so this is actually something that I've spent some time uh, looking into. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the cool things about the blockchain is, yeah, all that information is minted permanently, right? Right. But I can't tie that back to you. I can tie it back to a wallet. Right. That's it. Right. Um, if you look back at like kind of the history of blockchain, uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts, the founder of the Silk Road, the big, you know, kind of underground black market uh, right. dark web website. The only reason he ever got caught wasn't because he was making all these crypto transactions, which is how he was doing everything. The way that he actually got caught was he was in a communique with an informant, correct? Right. And in his email signature, he had his real name and contact right. info. And that's what took him down. But otherwise, this is truly anonymous. There's no... Yeah, there's, you can't, you know, I mean, maybe there is some way to go through and do all that legwork. But the minds haven't been put to it. But yet. yeah, and it's just that that was the reason that all this was created so that you could have this decentralized. In fact, this is kind of the idea with like smart contracts and the Ethereum blockchain is right. that you have these decentralized apps. Uh, and that way you can basically create an app to do any kind of decentralized exchange um, however you want to. And it's basically... So there could be one for... There could be a Google that is decentralized uh, and a Facebook and a Twitter and... uh, Yeah, and so, like, right now you can take... uh, Like, I have an ERC wallet, uh, MetaMask, and, you know, you can put all your digital assets in that, um, which is one of the things I always try to tell people. Health, wealth, you know, religion, always just be careful there's going to be people trying to scam you out there with all that. All the time. But the thing is, if you can read through the noise, there's a lot of really cool things happening in right. that space. Well, you know, while the Western governments are continuing to use their uh, their technology to monitor and control the public, just as it was, you know, when Mark Zuckerberg stole Facebook or however that started, when he started that, when uh, – when, uh, when, when Google was started, all these things that started by ordinary citizens in a garage, ordinary citizens are now doing it again, and they're finding ways to use the same technologies to become independent. And government doesn't want you to be independent. The reason governments have gone all in on mass surveillance and censorship is because they fear using their, they're, they're going to lose their little shadow monopoly they have over the public perception. And that's what it's all about, perception. See, right now, everybody out there thinks that the government can swoop down here and they've got enough black helicopters to take. They don't have enough black helicopters to take over Greenville. If you understand guerrilla warfare, which would really break out, they can't take over Greenville. They could certainly come in and do some damage and everything, but in the end, right after all that starts and pops, things begin to change. It's a very fluid, dynamic thing, and this is what happens. When things become decentralized, when it, when you hear decentralization, that means not in governmental control. 
Now, the governments manipulate the market, and they use that by using whatever the national currency is, the fiat currency, and they get out there, and that's how they control the market. Right now, they're controlling it by making it very expensive. I used to be able to afford Cheez-Its. No more. I'm lucky to be able to buy apples. And they've done that, and it's an unforced error. We have the means to actually drive the prices of everything. Now, the reason prices go up is because of cost of transportation. It's just that simple. It's not because it becomes more expensive to produce the Cheez-Its. The materials to produce it become more expensive, especially if they're based on fossil fuel. So all the packaging of the Cheez-Its, the wax paper they're sitting in, the cardboard, the glue that holds it together, all of that based on petroleum. That becomes more expensive, and the Cheez-Its go up. And then when you transport them to wherever they're going and you're going to buy it, the $2 box is now 4 bucks. And it's just that simple. By simply controlling the cost of fuel, they fuel inflation. And with a decentralized means of currency, they can't do it because they can't manipulate it. The other way they control perception is by what you hear, see, and think. You think what you think because of what you see and hear. And they're controlling that out there. And getting out there, you know, it's a free country. Yeah, it is because you think it is. It's perception. But they are very afraid of Spartacus. And uh, you can hear me up here in this corner of the county gut laughing over it just because I know it's coming. Going to be looking for an Israel hater to vet the Palestinian Refugees. What could possibly go wrong? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm always seized, when I'm hearing a good riff or something, I'm always seized by this urge to grab the mic and start wailing on it. But I'm not David Lee Roth. But then again, neither is David Lee Roth anymore. So on, on the text line, so if we went old school and started our own barter system within, say, a neighborhood, like I'll give you a dozen eggs for some flour or whatever else, you might think we would then be decentralized. That's true. That is exactly what would happen. In an event of a, of a financial collapse, that's exactly what would happen. It's, it's interesting where when government fails in the decentralization, the same, the same way to get out from under the thumb of tyrannies is the same way if everything fails. So, hey, wouldn't it be just safer to buy silver and put it in the safe? You know, there's a lot of ways you can look at it. There's a lot of things you can do, and there's a lot of different things you can invest in and and push out and all this other stuff. And I mean, it's, uh, but if you're looking for something decentralized, it has nothing to do with currency as it exists right now in these days. And I'm being asked next week, next week, Upstate Warrior Solutions, that's at uh, 65 Pelham Road, 10 to 12. At 12, then me and the veterans and the police and the sheriff's deputies and everybody else, we're all going to go in there. And Ingalls Markets, is uh, they are catering our lunch, and that's on me. Come by and say hello because uh, I want to meet you.
speaking to people, which I wasn't actually speaking to people. <laughs> I wasn't actually speaking to that. So they're looking for a qualified person to vet refugees right now within the within the residence office at the, at the Biden administration. And they believe that a former spokesperson from the PLO is well qualified. Never, it, it's always great to pick a person that's their organization, their charter is to snuff out American and Israeli lives. Let's let them come in and vet refugees. This is someone who said, blank Israel and blank Jewish people and blank America. We might as well have picked the Russians and the Chinese and the Cubans and the Iranians and the Mexican cartels and Marvin the Martian to decide who should be allowed in America to fill out the personnel roster. But that's what the Biden administration is doing. The resident thinks this is a good thing to do. So, a new report has focused or been exposed that a former Palestinian liberation organization spokeswoman is being employed by the Biden administration. The story only gets crazier from there. And according to Luke Rosiak, who broke the Loudoun County non-binary rape story, this is coming out. We're talking about Nejwa Ali. She's currently working for the Department of Homeland Security vetting asylum seekers. Why do we have a member of the PLO in the Department of Homeland Security? I, I'm, I'm waiting. Show of hands. Who knows? <laughs> Here's the thing. This is this is exactly what I would expect out of the, out of this president, out of this executive branch, and out of out of the Obama administration 3.0. That's exactly what I would expect out of them. And let's see, we get this from Mr. Rozak, Homeland Security vetting asylum seekers. But before that, she worked for the Palestinian delegation to the United States, which is a subsidiary of the PLO. And why is this important? Because the PLO is a designated terrorist group. And we have a person from a designated terrorist group working in the Department of Homeland Security. So apparently, the Department of Homeland Security has become a jobs program for the Islamic mindset. Now, I'm just trying to sit here and I'm trying to say this with a straight face. We have a former, we, we have a Islamic terrorist. That's what she is. You don't have to run, you don't have to come in on a paraglider with an AK to be a terrorist. They have administrative people too. They have enablers too. We have that in the Department of Homeland Security. Why do we have that in the Department of Homeland Security? Why are we even considering vetting any of these Gazan refugees? Why can't we be like Egypt or Jordan, which are Arab Islamic countries and they're like we don't want them? Why do we, we're not smarter than them? We are not smarter than them by far. I used to have a I used to have a friend that was a, a listener of Lock and Load. He was part of an Egyptian counterterror group, and he would tell me some of the stuff they went out and they did, and they they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing, and they would go out and they would they would do the deed. And thankfully, he lived long enough. I you know I knew his real name. I'm not going to give it out now because I hope he's living a peaceful life in Egypt now because they've figured out how to lock a few things down. They know. They know. So, I mean, why are we doing this? And 
What about the ambassador to Israel? Well, that's Jack Lew, who, like Sullivan and Blinken and so many in the Biden administration, worked very hard to make sure Iran got access to all the money. All that money they got with the Obama administration. And, you know, considering that the Obama administration, when you look at the Obama administration, you see the same players. Now, the Biden administration is just a guy who's reading off of a cue card like a zombie. And he got out there and he said, you know, the other team needs, you know, it's, it's from the other team. Like this is, you know, when Obama called ISIS the JV team. Trump put some very severe sanctions on Iran, Biden lifted them. Trump put severe sanctions on the Russian pipeline, Biden lifted them. Trump did everything to keep oil prices down, which put pressure on Russia and Iran. Biden worked hard to destroy oil companies in the United States. He worked hard to close our border and screen people coming in. Biden works hard to let people come from around the world, just let them stroll in. Trump put in place a program to monitor Chinese spying. Biden stopped the program, which had to please the Chinese. And somehow, the media... And the Democrats and some of the Republicans get out there and say that Trump is a dangerous one and Biden has a smart foreign policy. This is obviously not a decentralized narrative that we got going on here, people. Without a doubt, it is not a decentralized policy going on here. So, we've got a terrorist doing the vetting. We've got a guy in Israel who was part and parcel of the, we got a caller? Yep. Well, let's go to this. Per, what's, who, what's, what are the, what's her name? Uh, Brooks from Greenland. Brooks. Brooks. Hello. What can I do for you? Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, you were speaking about Klaus the Schwab, <laughs> and uh, I, I wanted to bring to your attention uh, some really good information, which uh, yourself would do well to look at over the weekend. Okay, well, your I, free I'm, time. I'm, Shoot it to me and quick. Also, really quick, please, because yeah, I'm about yeah. to run out of time. Okay. Please. Yeah, right. Right, right. Okay. Um, USAWatchdog.com. Look at any of the Martin Armstrong interviews that Greg Hunter interviews with him. He's also interviewed by a fella at uh, Man in America on the Rumble uh, sites. So, but anyway, USAWatchdog.com with Greg Hunter interviewing any of the Martin Armstrongs over the last year and a yeah, half. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, look at, I look at this stuff with a great deal of interest because my, my biggest question is, how do you intend to enforce this? What, what do you think you're going to do to enforce it? Because I've never well, heard you, that. Klaus, Klaus and, his, and his cadre are using corporate America to try to enforce everything. We've yeah, got but that's not going to work. That's rock. not going to work. That's not going to work. They, right, they, they right. tried that experiment with Dylan Mulvaney and that, you know, who's Bud Light? Yeah, yeah no, no. No doubt, no doubt. But there's going to be an element of the population that will have to buckle under because of either their job and obligations and things. But it'll be the American patriot that stands up and resists. Oh, yeah. Anyway, USAWatchdog.com. Thank you, man. Armstrong. Bye. Yes, sir. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. So the other day in a courtroom in Florida, a judge told a woman, you can give up your gun rights or you can give up your husband. Choose in an American courtroom in Florida. This is News Talk 98.9WORD. Right you just got to sit here and bang your head for a minute. Everybody join me. Bang your head. 
Well, maybe not to that. That that would cause like a whiplash. You'd break your neck doing that. Anyway. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. In Florida, a Florida judge looked at a female who committed no crime whatsoever. She was related to the guy who had committed the crime. Her husband, Lisa Morocco. And he said, it's your husband or your gun rights. So he forced her to renounce her Second Amendment right, which I did not know you could do. And I'm almost certain you can't. And she had to give up her Florida concealed weapon or firearm license. And they removed all the guns and every single crime. Now, back in the day, and I don't even remember who had him on the radio, but I used to listen to G. Gordon Liddy because he was hilarious. And G. Gordon was a felon, right? So G. Gordon could not own a gun, but he'd get on there and go, I, of course, as a felon, cannot own firearms in the United States. However, Mrs. Liddy has a fine arsenal, and if someone were to come into our home, they would face a hail of bullets and experience bloodshed. Because only the felon can't possess firearms. You don't get to take and take out the whole family because the felon is now bumping up against the uh, Bill of Rights. When she was told this, and, and so here's what was going to happen. Her husband would have served 19 months in a state prison. Now, if he's guilty enough to serve time in a prison, why would they make this deal with her where he would be sentenced to probation and walk out of the courtroom a free man? Why is it if you give up your rights, you can have, and this is exactly the way you think government would happen, right? Everybody talks about this. Well, they'll just do it this way, Bill. Now, of course, what they just did is it is impossible to enforce unless they have some ATF dudes that are going to live with this lady and her husband from here on out. Um, but here's the thing. We're talking about Ralph Maroc. He, he worked for the Florida Department of Transportation. He's now 60 years old. He fell off of a DOT truck and he injured his back. And it's sort of like house on TV. He injured his back and he became addicted to opiates. Now, the problem was that the opiates began to run Ralph. And uh, so after a while, the opiates didn't work anymore. So then he started turning to street drugs. And because Florida and the other states made it harder to obtain a prescription for pain medication. So on April 6, 2022, at 1.38 a.m., his addiction reached a crisis, and the Charlotte County, uh, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office arrest report deputies were sent to his home to investigate a shots-fired call. They determined that the home across the street had been struck by gunfire. One round went through a glass picture window, and another struck the exterior wall. In addition, the right taillight, taillight was shot out of a blue Mon Mercury Montego that was uh, parked at the home. Uh, that's an aberration because if it's a Montego, it's an old car. You shouldn't do that to an old car. Now, here's the thing. If you get out there and you are an otherwise law-abiding citizen who is an addict and then you take a gun and you start shooting things that don't deserve, like buildings that aren't yours, that aren't, you know, when you're that indiscriminate, yes, take them off the street. This is a real danger to society. Now, of course, your loved ones are going to uh, try to do things. When they got there, they found 19 shell casings from a 40 caliber and a 45. And they recovered three handguns of the same calibers. 
they identified Ralph Morocco as the shooter. One told him that he was going door to door with a rifle, adding there was no one chasing Ralph, and he was charged with violating two state statutes. 790.19, shooting, throwing into vehicle or dwelling, a felony. 86.13, 1B1, criminal mischief under $200 damage, a misdemeanor. They removed all of the guns from his home. And many of these were antiques and or collectibles. They had a Colt 1911, an old one, and a some uh, a matched pair of 357 Magnum revolvers with consecutive serial numbers. You don't just go buy those. You actually have to order those. Five of these belonged to Lisa Maroc. Three of them belonged to their son. Now, in 2014, Ralph Maroc and his son Gregory were honored by the Charlotte Fire, uh, County Fire Department for saving their neighbor's life by entering a home that was fully engulfed in fire and pulling the homeowner to safety. But he's, a, he's an addict, so this, this changed him. And uh, they offered a no-jail plea deal. The prosecutors did. The, the prosecutors were taking into account his addiction. And uh, they, they sentenced him to 10 years of probation, but the term would be reduced to five years if he successfully completed a treatment program and attended AA meetings and made restitution to his neighbors. So when Lisa Morocco went to court, she went there to accompany him to accept the deal, which was a mere formality. And when the judge told Ralph he couldn't have a single gun on the house whatsoever, she sort of made a facial, you know, she, she made a face at this and assumed the judge was looking at me because he called her up to the stand and swore me in, and he told her that she couldn't ever own a gun again, even in her life. And you've got a choice, your husband or your guns. And then he said, you cannot have guns in the house, any guns whatsoever. He said, I couldn't carry one for protection anymore. He took away all of my Second Amendment rights. All of the guns from the Morocco household still remain in the custody of the Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. This is not legal. This is unconstitutional. Without a doubt. This is, though, this is, uh, this is how everybody gets out there and says this is the way they're going to take guns away. They're going to get you in front of a judge, and they're going to offer you freedom or your guns. Now, in the case of Mr. Maroc, Mr. Maroc should be in jail. He should be in jail where he will be forced to deal with his addiction. But don't do the crime if you can't do the time, and don't lean on the addiction and all the other stuff. That's, you know, if you become that sort of a goblin, okay. When you cross that bridge, something's going to be on the other side. So uh, what they did, what the judge did to this family, though, that's a whole different story altogether. Whole different story. There's a study out there that sort of doesn't take into account how good you are when it comes to this kind of armed self-defense thing. I'll tell you about it in just a second. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, uh, everybody says, hey, Bill, when are you going to work? 
I never go to work. I'm always just having a good time. And uh, this is my best time. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. On the text line, Bill, what the judge did is legal, which that's probably true, but it is unconstitutional and unlawful. And to know the difference, most listeners would need tremendous amount of education. I'm going to presume that what we're saying is that when the judge is sitting at his bench, that whatever he does until they decide it isn't is legal. Is, is that a, a, Am I stretching too far out on that one? I don't know. I don't know. So, anyway. Now, here's the thing. The FBI, first of all, the FBI, FBI uniform crimes report that we all hear about and tout all the time, throw that out the window. It's not, they're not, 40% of America's uh, law enforcement agencies are not reporting to it, including NYPD, LAPD, all of the other big PDs. I think Chicago PD is one of them. So we don't really know what the uniform crime report should look like. We used to know in 2019, 2020 we knew. But since then, since they changed it to the new system, the new improved but abbreviated system, we don't know. So John Lott decided to look at this. I'm going to get him to come on here and talk to you about this because John, John, I mean, when John states things, I mean, there's no, no way to debate it. So here's the thing. When you look at an active shooter, this is the thing everybody's afraid of, right? The active shooter, the spree shooter, the rampage killer. That's what everybody's afraid of. Well, the FBI, they actually know that some of these spree shooters get have their pattern disrupted and they get you know shot by a, a citizen. And that's why we don't have more spree shootings because they actually get stopped. In 2014, they reported that 20 citizens had stopped spree shooters. Well, this turned out to be 23. In 2015, it was 20. This turned out to be 25. In 2016, they reported 20. Again, 25. 2017, they reported 31. This turned out to be 36. 2018, they reported 30. This turned out to be 37. 2019, 30. This turned out to be 41. You see what it is. So out there, I mean, in 2021, the FBI reported 61 uh, active shooters stopped by citizens. That turned out to be 112. Now, the reason for this is that it's the same reason Daniel Penny got arrested in New York for grabbing that guy. He didn't choke him. That was not a choke. Anybody that thinks that what you saw in that picture was a rear naked choke, you don't know how to do one. He had him by his chin, and he was alive and kicking and looking around when he got put on his side. And he was a drug addict just like George Floyd. You know, based on the levels in George Floyd's body, George Floyd was going to die that day regardless of what happened to him. I don't know. He might have lived through it. He might have built up that. Anyway, there, here's the thing. They don't want you to believe that you are good at self-defense. This is why when you talk about arming teachers in a school, which if you arm teachers in a school, that school will defend itself if a, you know, if an Audrey Hale comes in, They'll dispatch Audrey Hale quick because when a school arms the teachers, what they're doing is they're taking a proactive role in protecting our children. And that means they're going to be looking. So that, that, that changes everything when that sort of thing happens. And uh, right now today, I think if you do the breakdown, this is according to the CDC now. This is not my data. Right now today, 
8,219 of us are going to stop crimes with guns. And you don't hear about it because they don't want you to know that you defend yourselves. Right now today, that what is it? 23 million permits, 27 states with permitless carry. Lots of you carrying guns. We never hear about you. They, they, they did this thing back in uh, Texas. They wanted to, they, they, one of the uh, anti-gun organizations, they did something called concealed carry killers. And what they found out was that the concealed carry holders, if you were not a concealed carry permit holder in Texas, you were more likely, you were six times more likely to commit a crime. And the concealed carry permit holders in Texas committed fewer crimes than the police. Very law-abiding, very effective. You guys rock. And you're just regular people that have just taken taken one more step to be prepared for your day. I'm prepared in case I have a flat tire. I'm prepared in case I have a boo-boo. I'm prepared if I have to make a phone call. I'm prepared if there's a spree killer in front of me. We, I mean, sometimes we see it spectacularly, like with Eli Dickens. Eli Dickens, what he did was so extraordinary. There's All the tactical world has adopted the Dickens drill now, where you got to take 10 shots at a target, 15 seconds, and you got to hit the target at 40 yards eight times out of those 10 shots. No, 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 uh, no, no pressure at all. He's just over there, you know, no pressure. You guys rock. You rock so good, I'm going to be back with you in about uh, 22 hours. And uh, just remember this, the combat radio signal that you're listening to, that is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.